Yo, 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 this is Ty, and you're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast. So what's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 182 on Wholesaling 101, Buying Back Your Freedom. Now we've had... Now, we've had a couple conversations about wholesaling. Uh, We've had conversations about real estate, you know, wholesale real estate, commercial real estate, multifamily. We've had a ton of different conversations, but I really wanted to have this conversation with Ty Franklin, who we have in the building today, who is a full time real estate investor. He built a six figure wholesale company in just nine months. Right. And you guys know how tough it is to build a profitable business in in two years. Most people don't see profits in about one to two years. He built a profitable business in nine months. So that's an amazing accomplishment. Shout out to you, Ty. And then lastly, Ty has fired his boss as of November 2021. So we definitely want to talk about, you know, his experiences in that. And as you guys are transitioning out of your nine to fives and you are finding these passions, finding these niche, whether it's real estate or not, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of game from Ty on how you can continue to identify different green flags and red flags to just transition out of that mundane lifestyle into the lifestyle that we want. So I'm super excited to have this conversation for plenty of reasons. Ty, I already told you, you know, I I really love the content that you provide on social media, you know, especially just, you know, documenting your journey and eliminating the fluff. There's no fluff. It's just all raw, you know, live calls, you know, all kinds of things. You're definitely going to have to check out Ty's content after today's episode. But man, I want to pass the mic off to you, Ty, to do a further introduction and, and most importantly, tell our millionaires what they can expect from today's episode. Yeah. So first off, I want to say appreciate you, Q, for bringing me on, inviting me on. Um, very grateful for that, for the opportunity to come on, speak and hopefully spike some, some spark some fire and some people. Uh, teach people something new, something that they didn't know about, uh, whether it's, you know, what I expect people to do is just get one little gem, you know, that, that kind of take you to that next level, whatever it is, make you move a little bit, make you push your needle forward. So I'm um, just here to be real, raw, uncut, transparent, authentic, genuine, all of the above, and just kind of, you know, talk about my journey, what I've learned and what I've been through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm I'm super excited to hear it, Ty. And I'm glad to have you on as well. Just as humbled to have you on and having this conversation. So welcome to the Million Dollar Mind podcast and to our veterans that are tuning in for the for the thousandth time, the hundredth time, wherever you joining us or even for the first time. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. This is the number one passion attraction podcast in the world. You know, thanks to each and every single one of you guys. And keep in mind that this is the only place for tips and tricks on identifying your passions while also attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams. So let's you let, let's get started with today's conversation. So, Ty, the first thing that I'm sure that many people, you know, that are looking looking into this conversation would, would love to know the why behind the what. Like, where did your journey start and why did you pick wholesaling? to start this journey of entrepreneurship? Yeah, so my journey of entrepreneurship, it started way back when. So I actually had to sit back and think about this uh, with one of my cousins. 
uh, when I was probably about like 10 years old in New York, one of my uncles, um, he was like a hustler, right? So basically mm-hmm. what he did was he'll hustle, like he'll come down to Atlanta, come to the flea markets, and like he'll like sell things at the flea markets and whatnot. And then in New York, what he did was, you know, he'll put us on a train, me and my cousin, and we'll, he'll go get candy, candy bars. Like M&M, Snickers, you know, Kit Kats, all those things. And we'll be on the train in New York and selling Snickers and candy for like a dollar, right? And that's kind of like where my entrepreneurship started, like when it came from that, right? And then from there, I kind of took that and, and kind of took it down to when I moved to Atlanta. And I started, you know, doing the whole thing in high school. You start with the mixed CDs. You start selling those. Uh, you sell candies, chips, and things like that. And that's kind of how, like, entrepreneur thing got into me you know just selling things making money right taking one thing selling it, make a profit whatever i didn't care what it was taking that profit put it into something else and then kind of doing the same thing repeating um now when it comes to fast forward when it comes to getting into the real estate and the wholesale space um i actually purchased uh, a townhome back in i think it was 20 2018 or something like that 2017 2018 um and i went through that i was there for like a year and a half um, and what I found out was, was it was too expensive for me at the time and I had to sell it. I had to sell it in like a year and a half on top of, I didn't really like it because of, you know, HOA and et cetera. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, I had to sell it, couldn't afford it. And, um, I ended up making like a smooth, like 10 grand off of it in like a year and a half. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't do anything to the house at all. Um, and it was a smooth 10 K. So I was like, okay, bet. So then from there, you know, I'm working at my nine to five job and, um, you know, COVID start coming around and I started losing business, losing my accounts and things like that. I was working as a uh, logistics freight broker, which is uh, pretty much a middleman between uh, big time, multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies and truck drivers. Right. So I would reach out to the companies, ask if they had any shipments that they needed to move. They'll pay me a, a, a price to move the shipment and then I'll pay the driver to move the shipment and make a cut in between that. Um, so that's what I was doing, and my, I started losing accounts. And then I started looking into, you know, I went on Google, you know, how to get into real estate, you know, low, low, low barrier to entry, no cash, uh, not much credit, all that stuff, right? I started looking into that. Then I get on YouTube, and I find all these different guys talking about wholesaling. You know, you got your Max Maxwells, you got your, your Kongs, Wholesale a Million. You got, you know, you got all these different people that was talking about wholesaling, your Brent Daniels and things like that. So I went down a rabbit hole of just learning what this wholesaling thing is and what the process was. And the process was the same thing. You essentially middleman it. It was just a different mm-hmm. industry. You know what I'm saying? And I had to understand the terminology. I had to learn the process. I had to learn everything that I could about real estate to kind of figure this thing out. So I, that's that's essentially how I got into it. Um, and the main reason why I got into it was, to one, and obviously, you know, not work for anybody anymore, be my own person, be, become a, a true entrepreneur, and then two, use this wholesaling as a vehicle to create capital to get into different forms of real estate or different realms of real estate, uh, primarily multifamily, to create cash flow, to create the freedom um, that I want and that, 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 I, that we all strive for. And, um, and that's what wholesaling is, is pretty much doing, is create as a vehicle to create that for, for me right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I love that you mentioned the the rabbit hole right because you know you can learn a a lot there's a lot of resources that you can take advantage of for free on youtube 
Um, but where the pros and cons are is, of course, that rabbit hole. And if you don't have like a mentor and things like that and you doing these things solely on your own, then you can find yourself down this deep, long rabbit hole of information before ever making a move. So in, for your uh, for your story, when did you know from the information that you were looking up on YouTube and, you know, doing, you know, Internet searches? When did you actually start the action of practicing wholesaling or at least making a step in the direction of wholesaling? All right. Millionaires, entrepreneurs, moguls, philanthropists, managers, even. Right. I want to encourage you to purchase my book, Lead from the Front, because it is essential if you want to learn how to be an effective leader, not just for others, but for yourself as well. Learning the tools or the importances, I should say, of accountability, discipline. We have so many resources and tools that are in the book to help you give better feedback, give more genuine feedback, you know, hold yourself to a higher standard and hold others to a higher standard without making them feel like you're the person that tells a lot, but doesn't lead by example. And that's what the whole purpose of the book is to lead from the front. So if you haven't already go check out my book, lead from the front, you can find it on my website at www.kaispeaks.com. It'll be right there at the top. Yeah. So, um, if you're talking about dates, so around the beginning of 2019 is when I first stumbled across it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I found like Max Maxwell, he had like a 30 day challenge or whatever that he was going on. I had joined his Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, I think it was wholesaling the lead. I think was the name of it. And I had joined his Facebook group and he had like a 30 day challenge and I started the challenge. I went through probably like 20, 20 some days of it. Um, just doing different tasks, you know, going to houses, seeing things, driving for dollars, deal machine app, all these different things. And then for some reason, I don't know what it was. It just, I stopped. You know, I don't know if it was, I can't recall. I don't know if it was because my business started picking up or it was just too much and I didn't see a return on it at the time, or it could have been a combination of the two. And um, so after that, I kind of dropped it. And then I ended up picking it back up around August, August, September, October of August 2020. And that's when I started taking it real serious. But, you know, once I figured out what the process was in terms of, okay, this is what I'm doing, like what step one was, that's when I started taking action, right? And then once I took step one, okay, now what's next? Okay, find out what step two is. Take action, right? And then step three and so forth and so on. Because I understood, like, you're not going to learn the whole damn thing, you know what I'm saying, like, at one time. You have to take it by steps. So first thing was, okay, I need to find sellers. Where do I find sellers? Then I started doing that. Okay, after I find a seller, then I go research. Okay, what do I need to do next? Okay, then I found out what that was. Now I need to make offers. Now I need to send contracts. Now where do I send, get contracts from? Like all of that stuff, I didn't learn all of it up front and then started doing it. I learned it as I went, you know what I mean? Just to shorten mm-hmm. my, my curve and shorten my time to get it done. So, um, you know, once you learn the process and understand what the concept is, that's when you really need to start going forward and making moves. Right. Right. Taking it step by step. And instead of trying to put the pressure of figuring everything out at once and then applying the the things that you learned, because just from experience myself, I, I've been there and, and, and done that myself. You can give yourself analysis paralysis to where now you just stuck trying to analyze all this information where once you get a bit of information that you now understand, it's, it's, it's probably like you said, just best to start moving 
uh, and implementing those things step by step. So even as you coming out of logistics um, as a broker, I mean, you, you even said it yourself. You figured out it was pretty much the same thing. Middleman. And do you feel like outside of the terminology that your role as a logistics broker kind of prepared you for the environment of negotiations and things like that for wholesale real estate? Yeah, I would be lying if I said it didn't, because that's six, seven years of sales, phone sales at that. Right. So um, before that, I had no sales experience outside of me just doing my little hustles here and there. But mm-hmm. that was like corporate sales training. I learned how learn about scripts. I learned about processes. I learned about how they operated. Um, I learned how to talk to people, how to structure conversations, how to structure phone calls uh, with people. Uh, with potential, you know, clients and things like that. And it's just all about the role reversal uh, when it comes to the wholesaling side. Uh, but it's the same exact thing is numbers game, right? The more people you call, the more opportunities you've created for yourself, right? And the more chances you're giving yourself to win. And it's the same concept. Um, so once I realized that, it was like, okay, cool. Uh, I just had to learn the terminology. And, yeah, I mean, having that 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 career – um, for that period of time, that definitely prepared me for this because that's essentially what it did. You know what I mean? Made me a lo- make made it a lot easier for me to transition. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it probably it definitely curved that learning a lot more too. With when it came down to uh, outside of the the systems and the operations, getting down to the nitty gritty of talking price and negotiating mm-hmm. with sellers, I, I'm sure that had a, a big role. So. I shouldn't even be surprised that, you know, you had some type of I, I didn't know about the, the logistics and the trucking, but uh, I'm definitely not surprised to hear that you have some sort of sales experience prior to. So, you know, if you could, you know, talk to the listeners a, a little bit before we move on, just let, let's talk about for for those that are just looking into entrepreneurship, whether it's real estate, logistics, just starting a business in general, what role does sales play? in that success of whatever industry that you choose? Dude, sales is the most important thing. That's what's going to drive the business. You know what I mean? It's marketing and sales. You know, first you got to market out to get your name out there, to get your service out there, to get your product out there. And then you have to convert. And that's what sales come in at. So every industry has sales. You know what I mean? In order to make money, you have to have a sales team some kind of way, right? Bring it in. So it's very important to have those skills out of every skill that you can have. Marketing and sales is the main two that you need to have to drive revenue in your business. Mm -hmm. So having sales is very important. Investing in sales is very important. Sales training, coaching, mentorships, whatever you can to get better at sales. And we practice sales and training every single day, Um, you know, even at my other at the trucking company, that's what we were doing. It was just sales training always. We're looking at modules. We're doing role plays. We're doing this. We're doing that. Um, we're negotiating, knowing numbers, understanding those things, right? So uh, all of that stuff is important and vital to, to making money and being a profitable business. Man, that's a that's a gem right there, man. That's a gem. So why why, why do you think so many people – shy away from sales or are afraid of sales because you, you, you may see it all the time. You may or may not, but you know, from the people that come to me, you know, and you know, chat with me in DMS and I bring up the word sales, I can feel 
the 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 conversation now changing the dynamic of the conversation changing and what i mean by that is you can you can see that now people are a little bit more um hesitant when when the conversation goes towards sales i even hear people say things like oh that's not for me i'm not a salesperson i don't want to be too salesy people don't like being sold you hear things like that all the time so where do you think these uh, insecurities or this lack of confidence comes from when it go, when when it comes to sales and even marketing, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I think the fear is just rejection for the most part. Is is that? is being prepared, is overthinking everything, is because you got to understand, I mean, you're going to get rejected. Nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> Nobody. Everybody. <laughs> Even the, the best salesperson in the world, which I don't know if there is any, because everybody loses. You can't win all, all, all battles, you know, when it comes to sales. So you just have to embrace what it is and go on to the next, right? Work on your craft, figure out where you went wrong, where you could have done better, and improve on the next one. So I think, you know, prime, for the most for the most people is just fear of rejection primarily. Um, and then another thing is just lack of being lack of preparedness, right? You're not prepared. So what mm -hmm. I mean by being prepared is, you know, having confidence, uh, knowing your industry, knowing what you're talking about. Hell, even if you have a script in front of you, use it. Nobody knows that you're reading from a script unless you sound like a robot. Um, but that gets better with time, with practice. You have to get the reps in. So it's just like with anything, any skill set, whether it's physical, it's a mental skill set that you need to have. It all requires work and, and practice, you know what I'm saying, to get better. And I think, you know, it's just fear of people saying no. It's just a fear of rejection. That's going to happen to everybody. And once people understand that, that it's going to happen, just gonna, then that will help them start to move forward towards it and, and have a little bit more confidence because it's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It is definitely a part of the process. Hearing no, sometimes I even welcome the no's because the sooner you get to a no, the sooner you can learn where you can improve as a salesperson as well. And, you know, that rejection, once we get over that fear and really dial into our true uh, skills in sales in general, you, you, you start to realize your life gets better in communicating with strangers, networking, of course, yep. you know, just being able to negotiate the best prices on buying a car, buying a house. You know, everything is negotiable is what I'm learning since I got into real estate. And, and I'm sure you can probably attest to that to, as well, that everything can be negotiated. Right. So um, for you, what was Except it like? Death. Except yeah, except that you can't cheat that you can't you can't cheat that. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Even though you got a couple of these billionaires, maybe on a six heart transplant, but yeah, you know I mean it's going to come regardless. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yep. man. So, wh what was the journey like for you starting out? Like, where were you feeling the most overwhelmed, and when did that feeling start to pass? Um, for me, uh, I wouldn't say overwhelmed. It's just, you know, when I started, you know, with the wholesaling uh, journey, it was more so like time. Where can I find time? Where can I find time? I need more time. I need more time. Because I was working an eight to five job, right? Monday through Friday. So it's like, okay, well, shoot, wh when can I find the time to reach out to these sellers and to be consistent doing that? 
So I had to really like buckle down and go through my trials and tribulations to understand like, okay, if I want to take this serious, I have to be consistent at doing that because that's where, that's where it starts. Right. I have to be reaching out to sellers. I have to some kind of way. So I understood that part of it and I had to commit to, you know, making sure that I dialed and, and cold call people you know, throughout my week after I got off of work for an hour and a half. And then even on the Saturdays for like four or five hours, because Saturdays, that's when I had the most time, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have to work on Saturdays. So what I had to do, I had to sacrifice, you know, watching TV. I had to sacrifice laying in bed. I had to sacrifice going out on Friday night so I won't be tired Saturday morning. I had to sacrifice going to hang out with friends. I had to sacrifice um, just doing nothing really um, or doing everything, right? Uh, so I had to sacrifice that stuff. Uh, to put in the time, the seat time to be on the phones for a consistent period of time. That way I can generate leads for my system and I can actually talk to people uh, consistently because if you're dialing after work for an hour, hour and a half, you're not really getting much done there. You may catch one lead, maybe two. Sometimes you catch, you won't catch any leads during the week. So then on Saturdays is when I saw, okay, I can bring in four to six leads during, you know, a four to five hour period. Okay, cool. Let me continue doing that. That's when that was the most valuable time that I had. So that was like one of the the uphill battles I had to face initially was like, okay, creating time for myself and being consistent with with that. Man, that that's another gem right there because that's so real and so relatable to many many of our listeners, right? A lot of the people listening right now are working at 9 to 5 and may not be satisfied with that role and that nine and what that nine to five is providing. And so we find ourselves in these positions to where we have to make a decision on sacrificing that time or sacrificing a little bit of sleep or sacrificing watching TV when we come home from work, right? Do you want to spend an hour, two hours decompressing after you get home from work? Or do you want to grind it out for an additional one to two hours? Like you were saying, uh, and of, of course those weekends, that's vital. Uh, that's vital. I don't I don't know too many people who was who would say truthfully that they can consistently sacrifice a Saturday to work a, a, a six six day out of the week. Um, so shout out to you. And, and as people are seeing, it, it definitely paid off. And as you see, it paid off as well. Um, when did you start to look into or at least when you first got started, did you look into maybe hiring help? To, to do those cold calls for you since you had such a busy schedule at first, or was that not even on the table? Well, initially it wasn't on the table because one, uh, I'm a believer in uh, if you want to lead somebody and, and, and hire somebody to be on your team, like you need to be, you need to lead from the front, meaning you need to do that job, right? Understand what that job comes with. That way, when you hire somebody, you can, you know, guide them and, and, and coach them and lead them the right direction. If I just hired somebody out the gate, I wouldn't have known what they would be encountering and I wouldn't know the best way to lead them because I haven't done it myself, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it took – so mentally I already knew, right? So, like, for anybody listening, and this is – I tell a lot of people this. I said cold calling is only for a short period of time. If cold calling is your form of marketing, that's what you want to stick to, right? It's only for a short period of time. It's not for the long term. So what I understood was as soon as I closed my first deal, I was going to hire somebody to get in that seat because I had months of experience in that seat. So I know how to navigate all the objections. I know how to navigate conversations. I know what to expect as far as how many people I need to be talking, how many people are I should be talking to or my agent or my VA should be talking to in a four-hour span. 
I know how many leads they should be getting in a four-hour span. I know how many dials they should be making in a four-hour span, right? So I, I collected all of that data over that period of time. So when I did hire somebody, it wouldn't be no surprises. I knew what expectations to set for my virtual assistant. So initially, no, I didn't plan on hiring somebody like right out the gate. I wanted to grind it out, figure it out, run the deals by myself, get a whole deal done by myself, take that money, and then reinvest it immediately into somebody that I could hire and train. Because I already knew how to coach and train people from my other job. It was the same stuff. But I just had to understand what kind of responses, objections, and rebuttals we can utilize in the real estate space. Um, and that's what I had to learn. And that's what, and that's essentially what happened. Yeah, that's real. That's real. You, you, you hit the nail on the head with that when you have to leave from the front. And if you would have never did that cold calling, uh, and was and was able to hear those objections, hear those, you know, be able to craft those rebuttals to those objections. If you would have just threw a virtual assistant in there, you know, and they came up with these objections, how can you help them? Right. You 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 have no idea. It's like, oh, man, I don't know. I never got that one before because you never did it. So I, I love that right. advice to our millionaires that are tapping in, um, because in order to um, expect anything, you have to be able to say you did it you did it first like you have to be able to know what those roles and responsibilities look like so that's great advice um what did you did you invest money in a coach or did was your journey uh into wholesaling mainly in a, ma a massive amount of time spent on youtube and diving into that rabbit hole that you spoke of uh earlier on yeah so most of it was just me going through YouTube, staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning, just getting sucked in with all these videos, and it started getting repetitive. Once it started getting repetitive, that's what time it was. It's time to take action, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't get a coach until, like, recently. Um, but, yeah, we right from the jump, I didn't have a coach. It was just YouTube videos and, and, and taking action, essentially. Right. So if you had to start over, um, would you would you have done it the same way, or would you see now – uh, maybe getting a coach might have been a, a route that you would take sooner than uh, right now. For the type of person I am, I probably would have done it the same way because here's the thing. So, like, uh, and it depends on the type of person you are, in my opinion. Uh, for me, I'm one of those guys, like, I like to figure the shit out myself, right? I like to work. I like to see it, you know, which could be harmful or take a little bit longer down the line sometimes. But I feel like I learn best that way. Um, mm -hmm. And then, too, like, starting from the jump, you don't know who's legit. You don't know who's, like, okay, who you can take coaching and mentorship from. Now I know from doing it myself and understanding, like, what I really need and what can help me, now I know I can pick and choose, be like, I like what this person is doing. I'll pay for their coaching. Versus I don't know what I need. I don't know. I, I'm just out here, like, I need everything. And I just go to anybody. And that's not the right coach for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially now with social media, everybody's a coach. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, everybody's a coach that hasn't done the work or isn't doing the work, right? So um, I'm very you know, I'm very skeptical on things like that personally. But, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I'll do the same thing mm -hmm. just because that's who I am. But I don't, I don't shy away from people who feel like they need the coaching to go get it. The main thing is you got to make sure that these coaches are qualified, meaning they, understand, they, they know what the hell they're doing. They have hundreds of students that they've coached and they have success. You can contact one of the students and they'll tell you how good this coach is and things like that. That's most important. 
Yeah, that's real. That That's real right there. And I even love that you added in some of those vetting questions or topics to, to focus on those areas of focus when vetting mm-hmm. out a coach, because there is, I, I do believe what you're saying right now, Ty, is that there's some type of, there's like a middle ground of between investing all of your time or just jumping straight to a coach. Because if you just jump straight to a coach without putting in that work and that curiosity on YouTube, Google, et cetera, like you said, you're not going to know what your strong suits are. You're not going to know what your weaknesses are. You're not going to know what what you need help on. Uh, So that could leave you vulnerable to some of these vultures out here that are posing as coaches, but really are just some guys that maybe have a lot of money and may have a successful wholesale business or whatever business that they're trying to coach you on, but they never Mm -hmm. actually sat in those seats as, as we was just talking about. Uh, versus right. spending a whole lot of time on YouTube and trying to figure everything out on your own when clearly that's not working and it's still ignoring the fact that you might need to get a mentor or a coach to kind of kickstart you and put you in the right direction. So it is kind of like a fine line between both. Yep. Um, and even, you know, even as you just said, like you would do it the same exact way as you did before, but you still find yourself now having a coach and I'm sure now you're at a point where your coach isn't necessarily teaching you about wholesaling, but it's more so maybe giving you just successful business tips, right? How to continue to grow and scale the business. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's growing and scaling at this point and, and how to be a better leader and how to manage people, things like that. Yep. Right. So I I definitely love that, that sweat, (laughs) sweat equity, as we're talking about real estate, you know, you putting in those reps of just doing the learning and then you identify where you can use uh, maybe a little help in hand and things like that. Um, for you, what were some of the most used transferable skills that you acquired just from wholesaling? Um, what you mean from like, as far as what? What do you mean? From, yeah, so like from what, what you're doing now, whether it's on the sales type of uh, the sales side of things, whether it's on, it was on the cold calling or if it was on the mm-hmm. setting up your business systems and your operational plan, what mm-hmm. skills did you get from starting your wholesale business that you know you can use in any other industry to do the same thing or, you know, have the same level of success in any other industry? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, like you said, uh, business structuring, like, you know, starting your LLC, getting DMB and, and building business credit like all of that stuff, getting your website, your company credibility, all that stuff is important. That's That needs to be done in every single business, right? Because you need all of that stuff to be a legit business. Um, also, you know, being confident, talking to people, sales skills, right? Um, talking to people, you know, you don't necessarily, like some people are not in the sales business, right? There's sometimes people are in the service business, but mm-hmm. having sales skills can help you get better and more confident with actually talking to people. Um, and then if there's a service in which you need to upsell something, right? If somebody's coming in to get a back massage and you need to upsell them to get a foot massage or something like that, if that's your business, then you should be able to have those skills to kind of work that out and have the, the have, have the right wording to, to entice somebody to want to do that. Um, negotiating, right? Um, not all businesses have to do with negotiating, but let's say you are, you know, you do, uh, you have your own salon, your own boutique, right? Or salon or whatever the case may be. You're ordering uh, clothes from overseas or ordering, you know, hair extensions from overseas for the ladies out there. 
um, and you're negotiating with the vendors, right? Um, negotiating deals to get lower pricing on your inventory. Uh, those skills are very important. Um, and then obviously, you know, communication skills when it comes to emails and coordinating, uh, being organized uh, and having a, a business structure. Uh, all of that stuff is kind of a lot of skills that, you know, I've, I've gotten out of this that could be applied across multiple businesses. Mm, that's a great answer. Um, and even to expound on that um, as well, because this is probably one thing that a lot of people don't consider when getting into real estate and just negotiating in general, because when people hear sales and people hear negotiations, first thing that comes to mind is price numbers, money. But um, let, let's talk about concessions and how your skills oh, yeah. of making concessions um, have improved and how important concessions are to allow you to be able to not bend on price, but be able to provide some type of solutions in other areas as well. Yeah, I think that's the most important because a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people think negotiation is about money and a lot of times it's not it's about understanding value and where you can add value right so we've had you know we've done concessions all the damn time um you know the most recent one was we had this one lady uh, you have to like i said you have to understand value understand the situation that the person is in see mm -hmm. what you can do to assist them because a lot of times um if somebody's in a situation you know and you bring value their price is definitely negotiable, negotiable, right? So, um, for example, we had this one lady. She, her mom passed away. She owned a house. Um, the house was full of her, a lot of her mom's stuff, like a lot of it, and she didn't want to move it. Like that was the that was her main concern. Like, I have so much stuff. Like as she as people are talking, you have to really listen. You know, mm -hmm. when we having these conversations with her, she's like, "There's so much stuff in the house." have all this stuff I got to move, you know, da, 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 da. She wasn't saying it like it was a big deal, right? Like, we didn't ask her directly, is this a big deal for her to have all this stuff? But we understood that it was because she just kept repeating it over and over and over again. And like, it's a lot of stuff in the house. Got to move this, got to move that. So what we ended up doing was we said, hey, you know, Ms. Copeland, we'll offer you, um, you know, we'll offer movers to come out there. We'll move the stuff for you. They'll pack it. They'll move it to the storage. And we'll, we'll cover the storage fees for two months you know what i mean and that put us ahead of the other company who offered them more money um from what they say right but um yeah that's just some of the concessions that we do um things like that another example of this is okay well um you know you have a seller that needs to move out of the property that wants to sell the property but they may need some additional time to move right so what we do we're actually doing this now uh we got a closing date set for monday and the seller needs two more weeks to move out the property. So on Monday, he's going to get paid, but he's going to get an extra two weeks after closing to move out the property. So different things like that is providing value that other people aren't doing because we have to understand the person's situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. Both of those scenarios that you just mentioned are two of the same exact scenarios that I'm dealing with like right now as we getting ready to wrap up these last couple of days uh for our closings as well so for for those that are that are listening and heard this word concessions for the first time and have not been able to exercise their context clues from this conversation how would you describe what a concession is 
a concession is essentially I give you this <laughs> or I can help you do this, right? Um, but you have to do that, right? <laughs> you have to be at this price or you have to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that's pretty much what it is. If you want to stay in the property, you know, for, for an additional two weeks, here's what we have to do. You have to hold back some money in escrow until you vacate. We can still pay you and pay you the money on the closing date, but you have to hold back some money. It's more of a it's a give and take kind of thing. If you need mm-hmm. us to cover your moving and your storage for you, we're gonna have to be at this lower price. You know what I'm saying? So it's essentially, you know, you providing some value um, where it's like, hey, if we do this, you got to do that. Essentially, that's how I look at it. How would you look at it? I, I would look at it as a, the same exact thing, and even it just put it in, you know. Um, one sentence i would say it's just like it's the uh the the money of a negotiation right because negotiations really don't have any monetary value if you think about it because we could be negotiating about you spending time doing cold calling while i spend all the time doing the the marketing right or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be so i think that concessions like you just said is really just the 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 finances or the monies of a negotiation. Uh, And I like that you use the word uh, you give or it's a give and take, because if people can understand that they will spend a lot less time putting themselves in situations to where they feel like it's a lose lose situation and people spend more time focusing on creating win win situations. Um, Mm -hmm. And in real estate, the more likely you are to create or the more consistent, I should say, you are in creating win-win situations, the more success that you that you find yourself in, uh, especially in this market right that, that we in right now. Uh, being able to get creative with creating these win-win situations uh, with these sellers um, and these buyers being everybody just being in a, a frenzy uh, and listening to the news and, and being fearful. Um, which I would love to hear, you know, your diagnosis on what's going on. Um, just from talking to both buyers and sellers, you know, what do you think is going on right now in the housing market and how, uh, where, what direction do you see it going in the next three months? Yeah. So I can't, I can't predict the future. I just live in the present, right? You can Mm -hmm. only prepare for the future. Um, and I, I take every day, you know, day by day, but you know, it's all in the news and everywhere else, right? Interest rates are rising, which is, you know, big institutional funds and buyers are backing out. They're pausing their buying, um, you know, a little bit, they're slowing down on their buying as far as paying a lot or paying anything at all, backing out of the market. Um, so with all of that, 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 that's affecting demand and supply, right? So, um, obviously, there is we're still behind, I think it's like four million, four million homes anyways across the, the country uh, or something like that. But nevertheless, um, there's still an impact on supply and demand, because when everybody's buying, interest rates are lower. That's more buyers in the market, retail buyers. When the institutional buyers are buying and active in the market, that's more buyers. There's more buyers in the market. So with all with those two are out, that just means it's a less pool full of buyers so what we've been you know kind of seeing is hell you got to be creative with the with what you're doing now right is you know come utilizing creative strategies uh subject to seller financing um offering low 
um, low enough where it makes sense for you to take it down as a flip yourself or renovate it yourself, um, taking these properties down as, as rental units for yourself. Um, what we're seeing also is, you know, kind of plans that we're doing um, is a combination of all of those things. Um, on top of that is, you know, opening up your buyer pool a little bit more, right? Building connections with more local investors, local buyers and things like that. Um, just being a little bit more open with networking and being more intentional about, you know, connecting with different buyers. Um, and obviously another thing is marketing out to more sellers, right? Increasing your marketing efforts. And that's kind of some of the things that we've been doing and what we've been kind of focusing on over here. Um, as far as like the next three months, I feel like a lot of these sellers asking prices are going to drop a little bit because reality is going to hit them. They're going to, you know, time is going to beat them up a little bit. Um, and they're going to start seeing, you know, uh, properties are sitting on the market a little bit longer than usual. They aren't getting all of these high above asking prices, 10, 20, 30 grand above asking. So um, their their expectations are going to, you know, be a little bit lower now <laughs> um, compared to what they were before, uh, thinking that they can get all this money for their, for these, for their properties. Uh, and then on top of that, like competition, right? So you have so many different companies you know, telling these sellers this and that, you know, one company might tell a seller 250, you know, and we might tell a seller 180. They try to go to closing with that 250. That, that, that company done backed out on them. Oh, so who are they going to call? <laughs> right. And then they, you know what I mean? So uh, right now it's in that, that, that limbo phase, like letting everything kind of settle, 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 and kind of correct itself. Um, but that's kind of some of the things that we've been doing is, you know, obviously creative finance and taking things down as rental, taking things down ourselves. Um, concessions, like you said, increasing more marketing efforts, um, utilize implementing more marketing strategies, um, just a whole bunch of different things, just being more creative and more aggressive right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. That make that makes a lot of sense. So it really just sounds like, you know, flexibility, you know, flexibility mm -hmm. and creativity, being able to, you know, be able to move a, a slightly different way that you might have been used to moving and just keeping an open mind and an innovative mind on how you can, you know, still make money, but be able to provide and, you know, um, take care of the needs of the of these sellers because sellers buyers really control the demand right if you don't have enough buyers or if you have a lot of buyers they control the demand but the sellers are really what help you bust a move because if nobody sell their home then it don't it don't matter if you got demand you ain't, ain't nobody buying nothing <laughs> so right <laughs> you know it, it's like a it's like a double-edged sword with that one um so when it comes to of course you having a wholesale business uh yourself when it comes to wholesaling is it is it more ideal to start a wholesale business or can the average individual that just wants to understand wholesale can, is this something that can be done part time or, you know, on an as needed basis? You know, we, we see a lot of people that, you know, say they wholesale. We see a lot of people who have maybe only done one or two transactions, but if you're only doing that amount of volume, it, is it lucrative uh, from your, from your uh, perspective? I mean, it just all depends. I think everybody has a different situation. Um, I think, you know, as far as like wholesaling, like to really, you know, do 
to be consistent with it, you have to be consistent with your marketing efforts. If you want to do like one deal a month, that's going to take marketing efforts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether you're doing it or you hire somebody to do it for you. Um, so, you know, for somebody to say, you know, hey, I just want to do, I'm going to do one deal this month and it's the first of the month. I mean, and you had no marketing going for the past three, four, five months. I mean, good luck. <laughs> I mean, I don't see that happening. Like, I can't just wake up and be like, hey, you know, you know, when I first started, I couldn't just, because that's what I thought, right? I thought coming out this thing, I, hey, people been closing deals in 30 days. Shoot, when I get started, hey, I'm going to close in the next 30 days. Shit, it don't work like that. You got to market. You got to market consistently. So uh, for somebody that's trying to do, you know, every now and then, I mean, it depends on what your strategy is. Some people find deals off of the MLS. Some people talk to for sales by owners. Uh, some people don't do it as often as, you know, let's say myself or you or you do. But, you know, there are people that do it every now and then, and they may pop one for 10, 15, 20K, and they okay with that for two months. You know what I mean? Um, but it really all just depends on the person. Me personally, uh, in my personal opinion, I think in order to be consistent, if you want to consistently do one deal a month, you have to be consistently marketing uh, every month. You know what I mean? To get that done. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's doable. You know what I mean? It's, everybody does. I mean, everybody has their own strategies that they utilize. If you're driving around in the neighborhood and you find a deal, in your own particular neighborhood and you find a deal there that nobody else will find and you're able to physically get there, you can probably get that one deal a month doing that. Who knows? You know what I mean? It just all depends on, you know, how you go about doing it. Right. I definitely agree with that. And then on the flip side, just to kind of add uh, to that side, I think that wholesaling is still in general, just a good skill uh, to, to not just understand, but overstand. Because mm -hmm. you you may you may listen to this episode and say I don't really want to wholesale, you know, as a business I more so want to do fix and flips. But what's going to happen if mm -hmm. somebody's sending you all these flip deals and you're like, man, these none of these deals work for me? You're going to pass them up. <laughs> but if you overstand wholesaling, I mean, even the deals that don't work for you, you can find a way to you know make a couple you know quick couple thousand you know, towards your, your business expenses just from understanding what wholesale is in, in practice and in, and in theory. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think like, like you're saying, like it's a great skill set to have because essentially you're a professional deal finder, right? If you know how to find a, a wholesale deal or, a, or under, uh, know how to understand and identify what a real estate deal looks like, you can apply that to any field. You can apply that to commercial. You can apply that to multifamily. Right. You can apply that to anything. So it's, it's just the, the art of finding a deal <laughs> is, is what you're doing. It's an art. It's an art. I, I love that you put that word on on top of it. You can definitely <laughs> label it as as an art uh, and being a professional deal finder. I even like that characteristic as well. Um, so, mm -hmm. Ty, you know, as we start to wrap things up, you know, I got a I got one more question before we transition into our next segment. Uh, and this one is just to kind of give. Our, our listeners that are really tapping in with us right now, three tips um, from 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 your perspective. What are three tips for diving into wholesaling in less than 30 days? And I'm not saying right making money in wholesaling in less than 30 days. We know that takes that takes a lot of effort, but just diving into where you are now making actions towards that thing. What would be three tips for diving into wholesaling in less than 30 days? Well, first things first is your mindset. I always tell everybody, you got to get your mind right first because this is not, it's not an easy thing. It's simple. 
it's a simple concept, simple process. It could get complex too for someone who doesn't understand computers, technology, softwares, and all of that, right? And all these different things, and doesn't have the the wherewithal to to teach themselves and educate themselves, right? So mindset is first things first because you have to understand it's not gonna. A lot of times it's not going to happen. Realistically, it's not going to happen in 30 days. It may not happen in six months. It may not happen in a year for you. It may not, right? And you can't really be focusing on what everybody else is doing. You can't focus on what Ty is doing. You can't focus on what Q is doing. You can't be focused on what John is doing. You got to worry about what you're doing. And you got to understand, like, your mindset is going to keep you going. So just like everything else, like, you have to strengthen your skill set. You have to strengthen, strengthen your mindset as well. Like, every single day, you have to be putting positivity in your mind, right? You have to speak positive on yourself. You have to educate yourself, right? Whether and that's what I was doing. I started reading books. I didn't read books before getting into this. Started reading books about my mind, discipline. You know what I'm saying? I started reading books about um, you know, negotiations. I started reading books about, you know, habits, right? Just different things to kind of keep my mind right. I started listening to podcasts, right? I and you know, and stopped listening to music on my ride at work, right? I started listening to podcasts. And all that stuff is helping me personally develop you know, every single day um, and get people out of my circle that isn't doing that. Right. And I, you have to be able to mentally block people out that aren't pouring positivity into you, that aren't pushing you and motivating you to go forward. You have to get those people away from you or get away from those people by any means. So mindset is very important because it's going to get hard. There's going to be days where it's going to be stressful. It's going to be days where you don't get any deals done. It's going to be months where you don't get any deals done. But you have to be able to understand that. And understand that, okay, it's part of the journey. I just need to buckle down and keep working. So mindset, first things first, focus on your mindset before you get going, while you get going, and after you get going, always. Second thing um, is is consistency. You have to be consistent. Like, you can't do this for one month and then stop. You can't do it for two days and then stop. You can't do it for three months and then stop and expect something to come big from that. You have to consistently do stuff every single day that's going towards the business. When you're not actively talking to people, doing income-producing activities like calling sellers, negotiating with sellers, reaching out to sellers, you need to be doing things on the back end, setting up your website, you know, looking at your data, you know, figuring out what's the next list you're going to pull, what's the next market you're going to tap into, um, looking at you know, uh, reports and numbers, all types of things you could be doing towards the business. You have to be obsessed with this stuff, man, to be successful at it. Um, for at least the beginning part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so consistency, because that's what's going to keep the deals going. We have to find some flow of consistency because that's what I learned. Like, hey, I wasn't consistent at first, and I had to figure out how to get consistent. And once I got consistent, that's when things started to roll the right direction. Um, and then lastly, the last tip, um, let's see. Be confident. Be confident in yourself that you can do it. Uh, another thing to go on to that is repeat what works. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't have the shiny object syndrome. If you see Q over here doing, you know, cold calling and you've been doing text messaging and text messaging has been working for you, don't jump over there to cold calling if you don't have to. Do what's been working for you. Um, mm -hmm. So so you know you know repeat repeat what works. So three tips: mindset, consistency, and repeat what works. Those those are kind of the main three things that I that I got. Yeah, no, I, I love that list. And um, even with the repeat what works, I still think that that confidence falls into that. Right. Because if you keep changing things up and you getting that shiny object syndrome, don't, these are all signs of lack of confidence. Uh, 
So somebody who is truly mm-hmm. confident in what they're doing, they can look like we can be on Instagram, like as confident people, we can be on Instagram and we can see somebody, you know, just made a huge deal doing uh, a multifamily flip. We can see people, mm-hmm. you know, doing the Airbnbs and we can see people doing the Toros. But when you truly confident, you're like, I, I found my lane. I, I know that this is my lane. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't want to get into that, but I'm not focused on that right now because I found my lane. And I'm going to use exactly. my lane to now fund the newer venture of getting into Airbnb, Toro, et cetera, et cetera, whatever that adventure is. But um, I, I love that list, that mindset, consistency, and confidence, also known as repeating what works, which is also consistency as well. So mm-hmm. great list. I hope our millionaires really taking out the pens and the pad and really writing these things down because that's a strong list right there. So, Ty, as we uh, transitioning now into our next segment of the show, uh, and it looks like you lost me on the, the camera. Can you still see mm-hmm. me? Nope. <laughs> you can't see me. Look, so what we about mm-hmm. to do, I'm about to I'm about to bring myself back right now. But we getting ready. And I'm still here, my bad time. No, you good, man. All right, there we go. I'm back. I'm back. So we getting ready to transition into the second segment of the show, which I like to call Rapid Fire. And um, man, this is getting we, we getting ready to have some some more fun time. This is brought to you by Poddex, our guys over at Poddex. And what I have are five random questions that have nothing to do with wholesale real estate or anything we've been talking about for the last, you know, 50 minutes or so. This is just an opportunity for us to lighten the mood, of course, get you to open up some more. And most importantly for you to be brief, be brilliant, but most importantly, have fun. All right. Yep. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. Let's do it. So the first one we have is what's the favorite thing that you've bought yourself this year? Who favorite thing I bought myself this year. Yes, sir. The hell did I buy this year? I'll be buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, my camera. My camera. I got a Canon 80D camera. Okay. You got the Canon 80D. That's a nice little cinematic camera. So you, you get a chance yeah, to, put it yeah. to put it to good use. What, 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 what you creating some like course content? What kind of content are you creating with it? Yeah, I mean, office content. You know, I'm working on the course soon. I don't know when I'm going to get started on it. It's, it's a lot, but. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of that, you know, and doing some just random stuff, man, you know, just trying to, you know, do my own content creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Just tapping into that creativity. There we go. Mm-hmm. Number two, what characteristic are you most known for? Oof. Um, I'm, I'm a fun guy. Silly, man. Goofy. I'm lit. I'm, you know what I mean? Like energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like risk taker, all of that stuff, man. Like that's just that's just who I am. Got it. Got it. Love it. The guy that everybody likes to be around. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ain't nobody gonna tell you to your face if they don't. <laughs> which which talent uh, would you most like to have? Which what? Which talent would you most like to have? Which talent? Yes, sir. Uh, um 
sing, man. I'll, I'll be a sing to, to be able to sing. Okay. Okay. Sing, sing. So, so you can serenade the yeah. serenade the lady or serenade the ladies. Oh. Come on, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, what saying, like, that's, no, that's what they that's like, man. That's what they like. Because I'll say the same thing, but it's going to be for that same reason. <laughs> okay. Make, make, make them melt, boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number four. Here we go. Um, if you were to... Um, if you were to... Oh, no. Actually, I'm reading this all wrong. What would be your best day ever? The best... My best day ever? Mm-hmm. When I purchased my first multifamily building, that'll be best my day best ever. day ever. Yeah, yeah. Put I love my name that on it. That sounds like sound like an amazing day. What is your favorite? Uh, this kind of like the, the the purchase. Um, and you you can let me know if this is the same answer. But what is your favorite gadget right now? My favorite gadget. Yeah. Um, it's a combination of my cell phone and. These Ray Ban stories. So these Ray Ban. Okay. Okay. These these, these Ray Bans. Yeah, it's a camera. You know what I'm saying? Like it can Mm -hmm. record, take pictures and stuff like that. I don't know if it's on or not. It's probably dead now, but yeah. It's my favorite gadget right now. And and it's clear. It's clear as hell. That's a pretty cool gadget. You know, funny story. I actually found out about them Ray Ban stories through um, a music video. I'm not sure if you're mm-hmm. familiar with Burner Boy, but his uh, his music video to Vanilla is actually like a mm-hmm. Ray Bans commercial and the music video all in one. It's pretty dope. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. you should I check it out. That. I'm gonna look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah but these Burner are, these Boy are cool, Vanilla. Cool. Awesome, awesome. Well, Ty, I appreciate you for tapping in with us on that rapid fire round. We got a a couple more questions as we wrapping things up, and uh, for this one. You are, are you familiar with like red pill, blue pill, those types of scenarios? Nah, enlighten me. All right. So, for example, you know, in the Matrix, Neo, he was given a choice to take the red pill or the blue pill. Mm-hmm. And we, if you've seen the movie, you know, it's one he took. I want you to be our Morpheus and give us a scenario of a blue pill or red pill so that our millionaires can choose and vote which pill they take in. So, for example, I had one guest on here a couple months back. She gave us a red pill, blue pill scenario that looked like, you know, for the ladies. She said, ladies, you take the red pill and you with a partner that provides all your financial needs but doesn't treat you well. Cheats on you, you know, disrespects you, all kinds of stuff. The blue pill, you with a partner that takes care of your every single emotional need but cannot provide for you. So that was her red pill, blue pill scenario. And if you could give us your red pill, blue pill scenario, what does it look like? Oh, okay. Let me see. It could be anything, any scenario, right? A- anything, anything. Okay. I'm trying to think of something that nobody really thought of before. Let me see. Damn. Fuck it. Alright, I'm gonna do some basic shit. Would right. you rather have a hundred grand right now or a eight hundred and fifty credit score? Okay. So red pill, we're gonna say that's the hundred grand is red pill. So you take the red pill, you got a hundred grand cash right now. Mm-hmm. You take the blue pill, you got an eight fifty credit score. Yep. 
I love it. I love it. So for our millionaires that which would you which would you take? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna be honest. I'm probably because where my debts are. I'm gonna take that hundred grand cash because I'm gonna have enough. I'm gonna have enough to pay off my debt, get my credit score up to a eight in the eight hundreds anyway, and still have enough to make some investments. So I'm gonna take that cash. Okay. Which one? Which one you taking? I'm gonna take the eight fifty. Eight fifty. You're gonna have access to millions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> without without cash. I definitely no. <laughs> you're definitely gonna have access to the eight fifty. Only reason I'm saying again again the cash is because I just know once I get that debt off of me, I could breathe a whole lot lighter anyway. And and then I'm gonna get the eight hundred. Yeah. Once I pay off pay down that debt, so. Then we can make the then we that's can make true. the big plays. Yeah, that's not a bet. Then we can make the yeah, big plays. Yeah. So you can't so our millionaires, <laughs> our millionaires that tuning in, like y'all, y'all just heard both of me and Ty's explanations. I want y'all to vote and tell us which pill y'all taking. Red pill, you get that hundred grand cash. Blue pill, you get that eight fifty credit score. I'm gonna make sure I put it in our Facebook mastermind and on Spotify. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can go ahead and vote. But if you're joining us anywhere else, make sure y'all tap in on that Facebook mastermind and go ahead and vote on the pill that you are taking. So as we wrapping it up, Ty, you are literally walking home uh, from or you actually in the store or wherever you are. And you act, you happen to walk past the 18 year old spitting image version of yourself. What would be some advice you would give 18 year old Ty? Um, the advice I would give myself at 18 mm-hmm. learn real estate learn about this wholesale thing um college is cool but you can get to the bag a whole lot quicker if you do the wholesale thing um trust yourself have faith believe that you can do it because uh, you can do it you will do it um uh, you're built for it you know what i mean like um you know don't worry about what nobody else has to say about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are the shit. You are him. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything you want, you can have. And, you know, you don't have to You don't have to follow what society uh, put in plan for us to go to college and do this, get a degree and do that. You don't have to do that. You mm. can do whatever you want to do. Real estate is the way to go. And, and, you know, jump right in right now. I love it. I love it, especially the advice of you can do anything you want to do. You know, you just got to mm-hmm. have the mindset, stay consistent, and repeat what's working. Like you said, man, that's that's great that's advice. That's it. All wrapped in one. I love it. So, I mean, man, Ty, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on here. You you just spit, you know, uh, enormous amounts of game for our millionaires to really tap into. Uh, now I want to give you the space and the opportunity to plug yourself in. Tell us where we can find you, how our millionaires can connect with you, any special projects you may be super excited about and want to share. Now is the space to, you know, really expound on all of that. Yeah, so appreciate you for having me on, man. It was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, I love talking to real people about entrepreneurship, business mindset, real estate, everything. Um and the people, you guys, you can find me on Instagram. I'm most active there at Ty, T-Y, the investor. That's T-Y-T-H-E-I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R. 
Um, you can catch me out there. Uh, I post a lot of my journey. I post a lot of wins. I post losses. I post the real uh, behind this shit. I also educate on there as well. So uh, whenever I come up with an idea, something that can help somebody else out, I'll post it on my Instagram page. And if you go down my Instagram page right now, you can see a whole bunch of different tips and things that can help you out. Um, also, if you want to go a little bit further, you can actually see my journey from when I didn't have any deals and when I first got started with my Instagram and when I first got started with wholesaling, you scroll down, you can see my journey and my growth throughout this whole process to show you that I'm legit and that I'm real. Um, and as far as like projects and things like that, I'm working on a course. I don't know when I'm going to record it. It's coming out soon. I want to get it done within the next two months if I can, but it's going to be a lot of value. Um, I've been actually purchasing other people's courses just to see what they have in it so I can set myself apart and provide more value. So what I've noticed is is going to be exactly how to create a six-figure wholesale business like I did. Every step that I've taken to get to um, to the six figures that we are at. Every software, every process, everything that we've done to get to that six-figure uh, business in that first in that nine months. Um, all of that is going to be included in that. Um, if you guys need a wholesale community, I have a Discord group that is active every single day. People are closing deals on there damn near every week. Um, it's, it has about 35 members on there. It's called Wholesale Unity. It's a private Discord group chat where, you know, it's essentially like a mini mentorship. Essentially, you come in there, you got a lot of people in there that have some experience. You have a lot of newbies in there as well that's working. And then, obviously, you have me moderating it and giving value uh, when I can, uh, as often as I can pretty much every single day, all day. Um, if you have any questions about your own journey, you can go ahead and tap in whenever you want. Just comment there. We have monthly Zoom meetings. We have weekly uh, comp sessions where we go over comps for like 30 minutes. Just a whole bunch of value. Give away money. I'm giving away 50 bucks to anybody who gets a contract signed this week. So just a whole bunch of value there. I think that's the most valuable thing that I offer right now um, that you can take advantage of. So outside of that, that's all I got, man. Just follow me on the gram and, and connect. You know, if you got any deals in Atlanta, send them my way. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. I, I love to hear it. I love to hear that you tapping in uh, to the, you know, just the educational mentorship and, and, and coaching side of things as well. And I want to, you know, even, you know, second, you know, what you said, <laughs> as far as the millionaires who might be going to Ty page and you scrolling down to see the beginning, you're going to be scrolling for a minute. Because one thing Ty is, is consistent. <laughs> he consistent with that posting. Uh, but that's the one thing that I did love. And, and Ty, I've been following you, you know, since since I, I remember when you start, started posting those beginning videos of, you know, just starting, you know, documenting your process. And, you know, I'm glad that I stayed tuned to kind of see how you've grown into where you are now. And I just love to be, you know, a part of that that. Um, you know, I'm not going to take credit for the process, but I love to be a part of that journey with you so that now yeah. we're able to connect and have this conversation because I, I, I know and I've seen, you know, where you started to where you are now, which makes me even more, you know, excited and more proud to have you on here because I know for a fact, you know, that you've been there, done that uh, and not just, you know, talking. You actually did the walking, too. So. It's been a pleasure having you on here, as I keep saying. Uh, and I want to thank you again for, for joining us. And as always, to our millionaires, 
I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show as well, week in, week out. You all are a part of the reason, you know, why we are in the position that we're in, you know, hitting top charts in the top 5% of Mindset Podcast, number one for passion attraction. You know, we attracting amazing guests like Todd to talk to you guys because you guys are giving me feedback on what you're looking for, what you enjoy the most. And that's what I really appreciate. So thank you in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become, especially as you apply the principles that you heard today. So with that being said, I hope y'all really tap in. Go ahead and hit that follow button and follow Toddy Investor on Instagram. Tap in with him if you're interested in, you know, learning more about the journey of wholesale and even just learning about negotiation. He does have a lot of tips for just identifying problems and being able to bring the right solutions and just listening as a sales professional. So go ahead and head over to Ty's page, hit that follow button. And until then, I'm super excited to meet you guys on the episode that is coming up on Friday. We got episode 180, I believe, uh, with um, Lala talking about being a public speaker, getting paid as a public speaker. So head on over to the channel, go watch that full episode and go watch this episode and give us a follow on Instagram. If you haven't already, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks. Just remember to keep focus, build momentum and drive results so you can live abundantly. Peace. Peace.